Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect. We're OTTK. I'm Olivia. I'm Tamara. I'm Tasia. And I'm Caitlin. And this week we are joined with Just, Just Lit Podcast. I'm Jaden. I'm Samantha. And I'm Tamia. Last week we talked about authors' choices. This week we're going to talk about themes, thoughts, and our opinions. So let's first give like a quick summary about what's happened in the book um, so far now that we've finished it before we go into like our opinions and, and the themes and everything like that. So first off, everything that happened was she was kind of like a goody-goody, like she'd follow all the rules, like she was, she loved being like a smart like girl who would just follow directions and was wanting to be perfect as possible. Like a regular person who like would fit in society, didn't stand out like by being popular or like not being popular. She just liked being like in the middle and didn't really care. She had like good grades and then just like a lot of stuff like even her own siblings were like jealous of her because she was like such she was like so close to perfect that it was like yeah she was very opposite from her sister juniper who was not i wouldn't say not a goody goody but mm-hmm. she spoke out of what she, yeah, what she thought she spoke her mind um never afraid to like go against somebody else's like argument like in the beginning of the book we can see yeah Yeah. we can see that happen with with Bosco in the beginning of the story Juniper kind of is going against some of the guild's point of view considering that Bosco is the head judge at Mm -hmm. the guild so that's how it kind of starts okay so (laughs) They're all at this dinner, right? This, like, Celestine and her family and Bosco and her family, his family. Yeah. Um, Celestine is dating Bosco's son, which whose name is Art. And um, their neighbor that's supposed to be coming, Angelina, like, these the tenders. The tenders, yes. Um, Angelina Tinder gets taken. gets taken to be, to see if she is a flawed subject. Um, so... That kind of, like, raises up a lot of this, like, questioning in Celestine's mind. Like, she was only trying to help her mother. Like, why? She thought she was a good person, and she was, like, this is, like, the first moment where Celestine starts questioning, like, hey, she was a seemingly good person. Like, this shouldn't happen to her. Yeah. So, basically, um, that kind of went into what happened the next day. What about when um, Bob didn't tell them that, like, Angelina was gonna get like oh taken. Bob or Bosco? Bosco, I meant <laughs> yeah. Bosco. Sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. He didn't tell. He didn't tell the family that um she, yeah it was gonna happen. Even though they were supposed to come over to the Earth Day dinner. Yeah. And it kind of like ruined the night. Like they were just like, why wouldn't he tell us? Cause like he could have told us, and it, like we would have kind of done something about it. We wouldn't have just sat around like a normal day. So. Yeah. So. The next day, um, Celestine and Art and her sister are on the way to school, and they take a public bus to school, which is very which different. Is weird, yeah. I mean, I know people, like, in New York and, like, different, like, areas, yeah. they take, like, trains or buses to school. But, but that was, like, their, like, there was, like, it doesn't seem like there was any like form transit, of other, yeah. like, bus, like, school bus that yeah. took them. They just kind of had to 
or rely on themselves to get to the school. Um, so apparently there is like a separate seat for flawed people. That's is it red? Yeah, is it in the back or is it in the front? It's in the front. So everyone can see them. Yeah, it's like make it in the front so everyone can see them. Yes. They know that they're flawed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Only two people, two flawed persons, can be sitting next to each other and can sit in the seats. And if there's like empty, like normal seats, they still can't sit. Yeah, they have to stand. They they can only sit in their flawed seats. So this lady, they stop at this a stop, and this lady with a broken leg gets up, and so she can have plenty of room to sit. She sits in the flawed seat, which I think is really weird. That, you think like, they wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. Like, for people. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the society very really, like contradicts itself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like as the story goes on, like towards when she was trying to help the man and all that. The lady, like, she seemed stuck up and, like, really didn't care Yeah. about giving up her seat. So, so going back a little before, like, that happened, um, they stop at another stop, and this friend of the lady with the broken leg gets on and sits with her at the flawed, on the flawed seat. Mm-hmm. Then at the next stop, this old man who's, is, is, like, very obvious that he's old and he's flawed, not only because you can see some of his burns, but he's also wearing, like, the red band he, on his... He's also voice. one of the few flawed that we meet in the book that... Yeah. He's multiple flawed. He's not just, like, one or two. Like, he has, like, three... Or she's, like, said... She says that could possibly have more than that. Yeah. Which... Like raises up a big question that I have is it which I'll like bring up later but okay so anywho so the old man starts coughing really bad and he's standing up and he can't hold himself up and he's, he's yeah he's like suffocating and he's and everybody's looking at him with disgust oh disgust <laughs> because um He's, like, causing disturbance, even though these two ladies are in his seat. That that's Those are the only seats that he can sit in. So, it's like, everyone's kind of getting a little bothered, and Celestine decides something inside her tells her yeah. to get up and to help the flawed. Now, in the society, helping a flawed is very, very bad. You can get flawed for helping a flawed. You're not supposed to. Even in the... Yeah, you can go to jail. Even in the beginning, uh, there's like this page that says, they are flawed, do not speak to them, do not help them, or you will be punished. So, that's like, so knowing that, she still wanted to help the man, but she tried to play it off as like, she was like, hey ladies, don't you want to like move seats? Like, there's these perfectly good seats for you back here. So the flawed man could get down, but then the flawed guy got, his name was Clayton, um, Brevin? No, Byron. 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 Yeah, Byron. Yes, so he like fell down and was so bad. Basically dying. Basically yeah, dying. Like, he, like, pretty died much. Of a heart attack, we say later. Yeah, so then falls down, and that's when Celestine like gives up that she's legit trying to help. Yeah the guy and she's almost like in denial because like she knows like when she's sitting there like having her like little anxiety attack about why no one's helping the man she's like she realizes that it's like morally wrong like okay like in certain situations like it would make sense for them not to help others like if someone drops something like if a flaw drops something she'd be like okay they we don't they don't need help but if someone's like physically dying yeah in the middle of a bunch of people and they just like no one wants to help them it's like just there i think that was her like a breaking point she was like wow we're that like she i think she even says like are you have we really come to this like how are we really this yeah like is that really our society where we can't even help somebody that's so sick because 
they were flawed. Are, they yeah, were in the wrong. Flawed or something like that. So then Celestine gets goes through the process of of the court and detained and and she eventually gets flawed she gets she on naming day they say she's gonna get five but then we later find out that bosco um like gets gets so so mad mad with her he runs into like the little like the chamber the winding chamber chamber yeah so but she wouldn't repent so they gave her a six branding with no anesthetic or anything so then after that celestine is kind of going this like depressed phase after her whole (laughs) You know, yeah. I mean, I would be too. I just got like yeah. braided not six, five, but six times, which is the most in history in the society. Yeah. So then, as a flawed person, this lady called Pia Wing, or Wong, she has to like come and give these interviews. And so we kind of like see how these interviews are like building up and. Yeah. And she basically, throughout the middle of the book, she's trying to, like, she's kind of trying to find herself, but then also at the same time, she's trying to find the people who are either in the branding chamber, because there was a bunch of, like, employees and her lawyer who were in the branding chamber, and also Carrick. He was the only person out of her family and out of everyone who saw the sixth. So he was the only person out of the branding chamber and all that. So she just spends it trying to find. There's also Mr. Barry who actually took the yeah. video of uh, the sixth branding. Yeah. So basically her, through the middle of the book, is just trying to find evidence to build her case and to help Pia Wang, like, show everyone that at, she's... Like, at first, um, through, when, after she gets branded, at first she's like, okay, I never, I don't want to talk about it no more. Like, that sixth branding, she tries to make it like it doesn't exist. But later then in the book, she starts to realize, like, oh, so I can true. actually make this case out of yeah. like I can take the, the, the guy, the, how do you say it? The guy? Judge the guild? guild. The guild down yeah. and Judge Carvinal yeah. and... She she realizes that she can take it down. She can take them down, and that's why she goes into trying to find all all the people that were in the branding chamber. It's kind of like her upper hand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So after all of this, um, Pia continues to help her. Um, Celestine is trying to find these the people to that were there to, to prove that her six brand, that they're trying to kind of take down the guild. Um, Celestine gets kicked out of school because no one wants to teach her. Um, but before that, she goes, or not before that, but before that, she gets in, invited to a party named Logan. And on that same day, she sees art. And so after that, that's what I'm going to say, Tasia. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going to say, Tasia. I low-key teared up. Yeah. Oh, yes, down. I was so mad. No, oh, like, okay. They tricked her like that. It was wrong. Yeah, okay, so talk about, talk about, like, talk before about the party. that, like, the party How in they invited her. Oh, yeah, like, when she got there, she saw, like, it didn't look like a party. And then when she got inside, they put a bag over her. Then they put her in the car, and they was just treating her badly. And then one of the dudes was smoking a cigarette, and he put it burnt, like burnt her with it. Like, does this remind you of anything? Like, that was messed up. And then they made her take off her clothes, and they forced her to drink alcohol and all of that. And they took pictures of all her brands, and they locked her in the shed. Yeah. It was kind of messed up because, like, her sister was telling her, like, you shouldn't trust it. And then, like, she was trying to turn up on her sister because her sister was like, Logan is 19, he's not 18, and all that. She was mad about that, but then she realized her sister was right. But then her sister betrayed her because mm-hmm. of art. Wait, did yeah. they really do anything? I don't, I don't think, think so. And I think yeah, that's I gonna, like she, she like just comes like, back and apologizes. 
Yeah, I feel like she was just like super heated at the moment, and then like she caught them, and that made her even more mad because they was together alone. So I she really like, didn't trust nobody because mm -hmm. all the stuff that had happened. I feel like more of that will be like explained in the second book. Yeah, like what's going on with that? So after she gets flawed, uh, not flawed. Sorry, after that situation happens, um, where she. Okay, so, like, when she finds out about her sister and Art, like, her sister, in the end of the story, kind of explains that she was just trying to help him survive, and he couldn't go to find her because he would have gotten caught, like, more easily. And so, it's kind of, like, after that whole, like, where she goes to the party and gets, like, really abused by her, like, classmates, she kind of has to, like find a way to trust someone like she knows that like one of the only few people that she can trust is her granddad so she has to like kind of just learn how to be strong in herself and not like I guess get over the fact like every all this crazy events have happened so after uh, so after that, uh, we can start seeing Celestine is meeting with her new teacher Alpha, and we then find out that Alpha is like this person that's against the flawed, and she knows she talks about she has like a tattoo of like the F, and she talks about like flawed at birth children and how Carrick is one, and that's how he is flawed and like everything in between with that, and then at the end. Um, Carrick, not Carrick, I'm sorry, Celestine attends this, like, meeting with all of these other flawed people, and the whistleblowers, like, they basically come in, and so she's up attending, like, this, she doesn't realize what type of meeting it is, because Alpha's just like, oh, come hang out, like, come see what our meeting's about, because they're trying to fight for, like, birthrights and, like, all these things to help flawed parents and half, like, flawed families to keep their children. And so she doesn't want to speak, and as soon as she tries to speak, whistleblowers come to, like, take everybody away and, like... Because they're technically, like, having a meeting about helping flawed people. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really, like, helping... Well, I mean, like, I, mean, I guess yeah. well, it could be, like, a they meeting about to, helping flawed people. Yeah, it was, like, were, like, their kind of rights. Like, talking about what happened to them and their stories mm -hmm. and everything like that. But, um, what was it? Alpha, she also introduced the fact that, like, two flawed people could have a child mm -hmm. and that child would be like perfection yeah because you know, like after you've like um done so much yeah after you've done so much you've experienced certain things and you've learned your mistakes you've become wiser like yeah, yeah she said that she's like how can you be mistaken for being like how can you be fought for your mistakes when you're supposed to learn from your mistakes and your mistakes make you wiser so so then after the whistleblowers Marcus? Yeah. Wait. Marcus the whistleblower? Yeah. Oh, Marcus Doesn't the whistleblower. He, like, I think he, he helps, helps save um, her, her granddad. He yeah. takes her he takes him to like a safe place um where you know nothing can happen to him and he turns out that was it his wife that was his wife's alpha. Alpha? Or no no no, no Marcus's mm -hmm. wife is no, his, no, Marcus is the Marcus is, is um is Alpha's husband's whistleblower. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So and then, after all of that, um, after that, it turns out that once they leave, they're on their way back home. Um, Jun not Juniper, sorry. Celestine noticed that her granddad was hit in the head and like he had like a gash, a gash in his head, and he was bleeding. And they were like, and she was like, "You have to stop. We have to stop by at a supermarket or something. I need to get you." Um, bandage and stuff like that and so once they stopped um her granddad was the one that wanted to get out 
to go get the thing but she was like no you have to stay here so she went and she just grabbed all the stuff and like people were looking at her as always staring at her looking at her with bad faces they were insulting her too. insulting her and then um were they like trying to like they were like i don't know if they were throwing things at her there was like something going on like oh um and a uh, woman and her child had walked in the store and they had like um kicked her back down yeah. and was like insulting her and stuff like that and then she was on her she was she went to the checkout to check out and she noticed that there was a guy in front of her and there was another guy behind her she was in the middle mm -hmm. and those two people turned out those two um men, got, men yeah. turned out to be flawed as well and obviously the rule is state that no more than two persons are allowed to stand together because it's, like it's it's power more power against the guild and and like they're most likely to rebel yeah and so basically a cop comes to i think yeah the cop sees them standing in numbers and he's like that's against the law and she's like this isn't a law and she's kind of saying like oh you can't like detain me for this because this isn't against the law this is just against the guild like the government is over the guild kind of thing mm -hmm. but the guild it's so toxic that they like people are starting to blend it in with yeah they're they blend it in yeah with the government mm -hmm. So he tries to, I think he pulls a gun on her, mm -hmm. and all the people watching, they start, they kind of, um, or he like threatens her, I don't know if he actually pulls a gun, I think he does pull a gun. I think it was a baton. Yeah, oh yeah, it was a baton. And he basically, like people in the crowd, they start like um, getting around them, they start yeah. making a circle around them, and in the crowd, some people are, are like defending Celestine, saying saying that um um that to leave her alone because she ha she's not doing anything wrong yeah. she's just minding her own business and then there's other people in the crowd saying like oh she deserves it or yeah. you know she's flawed it doesn't matter if anything happens to her it basically starts a riot and there's basically. a big riot and she gets knocked down and some of the policemen they throw like tear gas so people can't like breathe or anything and she gets saved by like a strange man while she's like lying on the ground like unconscious or about to be unconscious and that strange man turns out to be the one and only Karik the love of her life no I'm just kidding um but so honestly they have like this weird connection in which I don't they don't even the end of the book doesn't yeah the end of the book doesn't even explain what happens but I think it will be in the second book but anywho so Karik takes her home and lays her down and and gets her situated and the next day Oh, uh, uh, he then gives a note to Juniper um, oh, that like was yeah or yeah. something like that. He gives it gives a really note know. to Juniper. It doesn't really say. I don't think yeah. it says what it says. It in says it because our books they have the first parts of the second book, so we kind of know. But like yeah, for the first book, yeah, they don't tell us. And then the next day, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone now. <laughs> Nowhere to be found again. Once again, wow. <laughs> and <laughs> and. And so then, and now she wakes up. She wakes up and she hears like a bunch of. Okay. <laughs> so like she hears a bunch of a bunch of like commotion and everything like that. And so like she hears like Judge Kevin saying that he's gonna threaten her family and everything like that if they don't bring her to him. And so like, oh yeah, because he found out about um, Celestine having the video. So, <laughs> so like. Juniper was like, you know, you gotta run and stuff like that. So basically, Celestine packed her bag, and right before she was about to like go out or whatever, 
her mom sees her and her mom is like, you need to run. Mm -hmm. So like she runs and like, Judge, they're like trying to hold Judge Kevin back from like going up to find her. And so then as she's running, she ends up running into um, Judge San Sanchez? Sanchez. Yeah, Judge Sanchez. Because yeah, Judge Sanchez was like, oh, we have one thing in common and it's to bring Judge Kevin down. And you have that one thing that will help me and she's like you know why should i trust you because you were a part of um the guild yeah you're a part of the guild and you were one of the people that like yeah fought me and so she's like um i'll give you my card just you know like, call me if you ever want if you ever change your mind and stuff like that and and then yeah she just runs away she basically runs the end of, end of the book it's kind of it's disappointing we all kind of like mad with it yeah the end of the book she's like I do. I did what my mom told me to do. I run, and mm -hmm. that's where it ended. So next, um, we're going to talk about themes of the overall book. One of the themes that we found was perfection is overrated slash unreachable, and Celestine goes through like a lot of ups and downs with like fighting against perfection. Yeah, <laughs> and like in the beginning of the book. She was um, more focused on trying to be perfect. Like, she always had good grades. She always tried to just be the best person she could be yeah. for herself, for her family, and for her boyfriend. Um, and then with the situation on the bus, um, maybe she just kind of broke. She was like, wait, maybe I don't really need to be perfect. Maybe it's more important to do the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah, that was like an internal conflict yeah. with herself. It's better to be imperfect and help others than be try perfect and conform to society. So. Right. Yeah. Um, the next theme we discussed was rebellion, and throughout the book, like there's multiple groups like rebelling against each other and like trying to be who's right, who's wrong, and I guess the ongoing. I guess it'd be like man versus man, yeah. one of the things. But kind of like the guild versus Celestine. Mm -hmm. Everyone, really, like the guild versus like people who are flawed. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like fighting for their rights and like mm -hmm. also fighting for who's right in the situation. And obviously, like there's like ups and downs to both. Because I feel like if you're like in the flawed group, you're more likely to get attacked by like the majority, I guess. And then if you're in the guild, then, or like you support the guild, then like the whole. I guess, like, everyone who's standing up for, like, what's good. They're against you. They're against you. So it's, like, it's, like, a lose-lose situation, kind of. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess another thing of rebellion um, is when um, the guards who were with Celestine and witnessed her brandings, they were, um, they, after that happened, they were like, wait, is this right? Did Judge Kevin just do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, that could get him in trouble. And, like, he got rid of them. So, because they, it could have sparked a rebellion, and it kind of did, but they were, like, sent away, so. It's almost like they wanted to leave, and they also got kicked out, like, because they, both, like, the people who were in the chamber, they were like, oh, he just did something, like, against the guild. Right. And what, everything he stands for. But then they knew if they spoke out about it, they just kind of had to leave the situation. Right, and it's like, if, if he's flawed, then, like, the whole guild system is flawed, yeah. too, so... <laughs> It's probably why people are like a little afraid to speak out 
because like they know that if they were to say something that goes against the guild or goes against Judge Kevin, they're gonna be like deemed flawed or whatever because like they're um eating saying, the cause. Yeah, yeah. They're basically eating the cause, yeah. Alright, so next, um, one of the themes we thought about was, like, change, and, like, how, throughout the book, everyone's actions, like, I guess, form, like, spark another event to happen, so, like, with her actions on the bus, it sparked her to become flawed and go to court, and then start a whole, like, rebellion. That also, um, caused her mom to, um, stop, like, using her motto of, of her modeling company mm -hmm. that was um, flawless on the outside, flawless on the inside. Yeah. Um, and like it changed the whole way of thinking because she bought a whole bunch of like plain looking clothes yeah. um, kind of in like in support of her daughter. And when, like we see by the end that her mom has like a buzz cut and has like short hair oh, yeah. and it's like, yeah. And she like starts, she kind of dresses like a warrior sort of thing. On the like talk of change, um, I feel as though that this sudden like change in Celestine's life kind of benefited her in a sense because it gave like her a platform and kind of started like the rebellion that you were talking about. Um, and it kind of kind of leads into like the other thing that we said, like mistakes that it's we have to learn from our mistakes and sometimes mistakes benefit us later in the future. And kind of talking about what Alpha was saying, like, how can you not make any mistakes? How, why should you be flawed for every mistake that you make when in reality your mistakes help you, like, develop yeah. and learn? So I think that this mistake that Celestine made that made her flawed, I think that, like, helped her change into the, her real self. Yeah, and, like, she needed to be. Yeah, it, like, pulled her out of her comfort zone, but really also pulled out her true, like, self and, like, her real characteristic characterization <laughs> and and um characters yeah <laughs> I give up on that word. <laughs> okay, so like I think also to add on with change, a lot of the people's perspective on like people who are flawed and like their mindset on it has changed throughout the story because before like in the beginning of the book they were like people who are flawed should like stay flawed and everything like that. They don't deserve to have such a high place in society. Mm -hmm. But like over time with Celestine like influencing them sort of with her speaking out on the guild and what they've done and everything like that it sort of changed their mindset to like <laughs> okay it's so like it like awakened the people to like actually see what the guild is doing and that like it's like wrong and everything like that so like over time they've so they, they start to go against the guild and they start to side with Celestine even though like at the rally they um turn against each other because they know what would happen if they go against the guild but I think like by the end of the book or like by the second book they'll like they'll fully support it and yeah like yeah I feel like yeah the part where you talked about like how they like the whole part at the gas station or like the little like that place where some of the people were like oh she's right because this this is a, like not against government laws and the policeman was like, oh, you can't do that, it's illegal. And she's like, no. And they all kind of side with her. Like, some people are, like, like are going against it because they're like, oh, we're not helping her. But then at the same time, yeah, they're like, okay, but it's not against the law. So, like, why should we have to be forced to do it?
Okay, so overall, did everybody like enjoy the book? Yeah. I love the book. Yes. Is it, I know that there's a second one called Perfect. We'd all been talking about how we want to read the second one because we want to know what happens, where's our love where's Carrick, where is she going, what's going to happen with Bosco, what's going to happen to the society. There's so many questions. Yeah. So I definitely think that uh, Airhorn like did a great job like of keeping the reader like I must buy this. Yes. And like that continuing like theme that our group talked about with like continuing to like have like the roller coaster or like mm-hmm. it's such a high peak right now and it's like what's yeah. gonna happen and and usually the low peaks they keep you intrigued enough that you're not like oh this part's so boring like yeah. it's never like the, there wasn't a point in the book where i was like okay when is this like few chapters gonna get over with yeah like, i just want to keep reading yeah especially since the chapters were all so short yeah and so it really like kept you going yeah. yeah so i feel like i'm really excited to see what happens next i think we're all gonna read it individually <laughs> on that um but also, I liked, because um, I kept, I've read a bunch of other like dystopian novels, like Hunger Games and Divergent and all that stuff, and I feel like out of those, this was like the best one I've read, because like even like the villains were like really like in-depth and like yeah, really developed. Yeah, and I liked how like, like she characterized everybody, and it was like, even though the way the book ended was, it was just like simple as, I just ran kind of thing, it keeps you like enticed to want to keep um, reading. Like, it makes you want to read the second yeah, one. Yeah, if they didn't have a second one, I'd be really upset with the, like, the way the ending, like, what do you mean you just ran? Like, get <laughs> back here. There's, like, there's, like, ten other chapters. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I, I agreed that I feel like the, that this book was kind of different from some of the different ones where it was more developed and, and just more intriguing and, like, different from, like, just this society that, yeah. like, names you to do... I mean, like, yeah. obviously the it's flawed, similar. but it's, it's like... It's similar, it's, but it's similar, but different. She makes it good. She, like, develops it in a way that stands out from the others. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's different. But, um, so I think that concludes, um, this series on flawed, um... I'm excited to see what happens in the next book. Thank you so much, Just Lit Podcast, for joining in with yes, us so on welcome. concluding our final thoughts on this amazing book. Um, so, till next time, we're OTTK. <laughs> we're Just Lit Podcast. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Okay, I-